Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And even more, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Happy anniversary. anniversary. There we go. (laughs) It is our first anniversary. And in true reality show fashion, it's the beginning of season three. The math doesn't work, but it really does. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Of course it is. (laughs) No, that's I like that. The math doesn't really work, but it really does. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We have done a year of breadwinners. And I don't know about you, but we haven't run out of topics. <laughs> There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot. It really is. I mean, it has not been a low key year also. So what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I need to go back and check some of those past episodes. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, but it's a new year. We're going to turn the page and it, brand new thoughts, I guess. I mean, certainly if there was any time in the world to erase the whiteboard and start writing on it again. Yep. I think it's today. Uh, Yeah, I would say. I would say this is the time we want to really look at what we're doing and how we can do it differently. I mean, we are coming into, I mean, we're talking before there's been a decision on whether there'll be a stimulus, a second stimulus package. My mom keeps sending me emails on updates because we're all wondering if how will we be stimulated? But no matter what happens, the economy is not going to be in great shape. Our health is not going to be in great shape. The education our kids are getting is not in great shape. I don't know. We need to turn the page. And so it is agreed upon that we should turn the page. But what to write on that page, what to write on that whiteboard, that's the question. So so then I was forcing this article on you from the American Prospect. (laughs) And we'll link to it. Economic rights is industrial policies. Family care policies can be part of a transformation that centers the worker in economic relief efforts rather than company. And I find this, I've been listening to some academics in this zone, and you're always in that zone, of talking about that a lot of the way our mindset and our policies tend to be focused on saving companies. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess just that the company comes first or that somehow privatization will solve things and all this sort of stuff. And it's we've gotten away from the worker being central. And so I I guess I put that to you. I know you're going to disagree with me wholeheartedly. So I'm ready for that. (laughs) You want me to just... (laughs) Counterpoint. Counterpoint. We've got to go with the businesses. No, I mean, I think, you know, I actually used to be somewhat of a believer, I guess around the time where paid leave where the Obama administration really went into, I was seeing companies step up and I thought that there could be kind of a model. And that that was where the progress was happening, right? Right. So it's like, okay, if this is happening there, it's not enough, but at least that's where we see some momentum. Got it. Yep. But then obviously, like as soon as it wasn't trendy anymore, it it, it at least like lost the shine, lost the polish that it had at one point. And I think when we look at, 
like the New York paid family leave law. And we look at how that relates to the employee versus the organization. And I think we've seen that there are models that can better support. I mean, the system's still very broken. The companies are not going like policies that benefit companies aren't going to get us out of this broken system. I think we do need to focus on the individual. Yeah. One of my oldest, dearest friends is a new mom to the world's prettiest baby. It's a new prettiest baby. Every new baby is prettiest baby, but new prettiest baby. And she is structuring her PTO Uh so that she can take her maternity leave in 2021 because that's the step up of the New York State paid leave program. Um, It goes up to the next tier in January. And it's funny because I'm not intimately involved in that right now. So I was like, ooh, you know, savvy woman. But there you go. There is a savvy woman who is looking around and saying, thank you. And I will take that. And I, you know, I look forward to using my benefit that she wouldn't have if she was in another state. And will it kill her company if she, after many years of working for this company, is gone for a little while to help her family get situated and take care of the next generation of strong, beautiful women? I don't think that's going to crush your company. So, boo. Boo. Exactly. And she's paying for it, right? The the New York system is employee. Right. Right? Like unemployment. Yeah, exactly. It's payroll deduction. Yeah. So it is very different. It's a very different model than some others than like the early days. Yes. Like Rhode Island and New Jersey, early days of paid leave law. Which, you know, we're not, I'm not against, I'm not against us paying into, you know, I like collectively, we should all be paying into a safety net that keeps us safe, which I think we're finding out now, you know, when you have employer, is it employer sponsored healthcare is the main crux of your healthcare system for health insurance. Yeah. Um, When, when, Hundreds of thousands of people lose their job every month. That's a problem when there's a pandemic. (laughs) I know you're, I'm shocking you. I know. I know the facts, the facts. Yeah. 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 So I definitely, in my family, we're also dealing with directly with elder care costs, with issues and bumping up against the fact that even the nicest nursing home is a business. You know, or at least the ones, you know, a private nursing home. And so you're dealing with when my dad has to go to the hospital because he fell and and he leaves for a day, my family still has to pay the nursing home because if they don't, there's a waiting list for the nursing home and they'll give his room away. And I find it unconscionable. And wow. I, but I get it. But I right that like and so that is not security for the elder care set. I think that we need to put we need to put my dad center. We need to put my mom center, my kids center, me center. Like I want all of us. I want it to be we come first, then maybe you and your family, but my family <laughs> first. Yeah, but we do. We need to put that front and center. I'm hopeful that the whiteboard is going to be you know, that we described earlier is going to be full of very bright and exciting ideas that we're going to be able to push forward. Yes. And hold them accountable, right? Right. Even though we're erasing the whiteboard on our side, in our minds, we do need to be, I think it shows us now that we all need to be paying attention what gets written down, right? Right. I think it'll be really interesting to see you and I both having been involved in the paid leave advocacy space and flexibility advocacy space. And it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see if folks in this space organize differently 
what it looks yeah. like. Because I think the whole political landscape has, has changed so much in these past glorious four years. <laughs> it's just like the way that we, um, obviously, things are <laughs> Point. But, Counterpoint. <laughs> there you go. But I think that it doesn't work the same way it used to. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to have to figure out how do we really influence and what is the mix of corporate voices and public sector voices. And like, I think it's going to be a mix and the mix is going to sound different than it did than the 2016 so. mix. So I'm going to do my radical self right now. The idea of at one point it was called trickle down economy, that tax abatements bringing good jobs. And then we kind of hope that the job, A, that they fulfill the tax abatement regulations and don't skip town or that the jobs turn out to be real and they uh, or that they are good jobs and all that all that sort of stuff where we put the company first or that we allow for trade to countries that aren't as focused on human rights as much as we are, that For cheap labor, for a cheap phone, we let that labor go offshore because we don't want to deal with any sort of worker protections that we have in this country, weakening unions. I'm just rambling at this point, but it's all this idea that the companies are benevolent dictators and they will tell us, you know, that whether or not you've won the employer lottery, as in, will you have flexible work? Will you have paid sick time? Will you have decent health care benefits? It's just not enough. I think we all need to realize it's not enough. I th- or I think we do know. Don't we all know? Like if we, mm-hmm. you show up and you bump into your, none of your doctors are covered. You have to drive three hours to get to the one doctor that's in your network, or you have to choose between your job and showing up sick. We all know this. Yeah, but it hasn't seemed to break the sound barrier for some people. Like, you know, it, it yeah. just, yeah, it's not. Because meanwhile, we're just freaking trying to work and be breadwinners and support our family. You know, I right. totally get that, right? Right. That it's just, you know, I often think that, you know, when you, you see like the folks um, migrating under duress from one country to another. And I think, God, all they want to do is be able to go to the grocery store, right. get their kids to school. Like it's all people want to do. You know, we we, yeah. we all would love the ability to just watch our show, check over our kids' essay, and make dinner. Yeah, that's how we'd all like our evening to be. I there was a stat this week that said a third of New Yorkers have visited a food bank in the past month. Oh, a third, a third, unreal. Boy, I'm all over the place. But I think the income disparity between the haves and the have-not. Yeah, you didn't think it could get any wider, but it gets wider. It gets so much wider. Yeah. McKinsey published some interesting stats. I mean, interesting and heartbreaking. Women's jobs are 1.8 times more vulnerable to this crisis than men's jobs. They make up 39% of global employment, but account for 54% of overall job losses. And it's because we don't have these systems in place, right? Because the virus is significantly increasing the burden of unpaid care, which we carry. But what's interesting is if there's no action, it's not interesting. What's terrifying? They say, given trends, this is not interesting. We have (laughs) over the past few months in a gender regressive scenario in which no action is taken to counter these effects. We estimate that Mm -hmm. the global GDP growth could be one trillion dollars lower in 2030 than it would be if women's unemployment simply tracked of that of men in the same in each sector. That ties to the stat I always think of with the economist Heather Boucher. I believe is part of the the Biden team. She was part of the campaign uh, policy team. 
but talking about the role that women's earnings have have played in shoring up oh, yeah. the middle class. Absolutely. So by right, if they are the larger, by far larger part of the recession here of job losses, then that's direct to the middle class. It's just a direct spear to deflate us. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that is interesting, if we think about this social safety net, that if we can get away from, you know, where you work determines what and if you have any benefits at all, that if they could be portable, you know, like, so your ability to have sick leave just travels with you, right? Because right. it just exists. It's not because McKinsey gives it to you, but Deloitte doesn't. Uh, no diss to Deloitte, but you know what I mean? No, like right. you're going the same industry and, and different employers offer you different panoply of benefits. Then they, you know what? They can compete on on wages or whatever. You know, if the yeah. if the benefits stay the same, would that help with sexism and racism? And I wonder, like, if the benefits are the same, that would seem to help with. Then it just becomes a question of advancement and wages. You know, narrow it down for the things that they can do wrong. <laughs> right. I think the big question. You know, I was just talking about this yesterday. When you look back at the companies that did well through the the 2008-2009 recession, they were the companies that invested in people and culture. I think the question is going to be, even if these benefits were things that we could take around with us, like there is going to be this question of what do corporations, how much are they going to invest right now in people? What are they mm. going to, what's going to be worth it to them? And what's going to be just too much of a hit, you know, when they're already suffering yeah, when, as a result of yeah. when they cry poverty. And I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they cry duress. There are, you know, yeah. their industries have, cause it's, I think it's, that's the flip side, right? If the companies have been the main instigators for pushing things forward, when the economy tanks or their industry is destroyed, like hospitality and restaurants, retail, well, how can you bank on them to offer benefits when they may, may not exist? Right. So, so yeah, that's a good point. Like it's, um, that's why we need to take care of our, I, this stuff all has to be politic, the body politic coming together to support ourselves. Cause I just think it's, that stays stable. And as opposed to individual job defining your benefits. Right. What research has found though, is that if these companies, if folks invested in people and culture differently, then they would see a return. But Nobody yeah, that people feel less stressed there. If you're not worrying about family care, you know, for your kids or your parents, well, think of all the brain space exactly. you can put, put to being creative and productive and collaborative and all that. And seriously, I've never understood any sort of attack against it because it lowers the company's overhead. <laughs> like, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to? You know, there is a bit of, oh, this is a benefit, you know, in, in a war of like for talent, you know, they're always claiming that this is a way for me to show you how great we are and, and attract you over, right? Because we offer childcare on premise, you know, which yeah. I doubt anyone wants right now. But back in the pre-pandemic days, or we have, I'm just thinking of childcare, like we have sliding scale centers on, on our campus, or we give you stipends for it or whatever like that. But if it's already provided, then you wouldn't have to pay for it. And, you know, right? Yeah. And healthcare too. I, every single freaking year in every company I've ever worked for, you have to sit through the benefits meeting yeah. where always the first 20 minutes is them, you know, and God bless these people who go find these deals. Yeah. That it's always the amount that the premium is going up is always like a quarter, like 25 to 35%. It's always an astronomical figure. 
every year. Yeah. So what if you didn't have to worry about that? Think of all the things your HR department could do if they didn't have to deal with benefits. Yeah. They really could do a lot. I, I'm yelling at you about this, but you know, <laughs> I'm actually yelling over your head. <laughs> I know you are. I know. I know. I mean, yeah, I think I was just thinking like you and I could design. You collected data for years and years of the 100 best companies for working mom. Right? We, could oh, we know the answers. Yeah, right? we could design. We, we know. It'd be fun to just like take an industry, take and just make up our own like utopian Patagonia style company with right. all the policies uh, okay. that we want. That's going to be one of our shows. It's like we made a fake company. Look, we made we a country. Out how they, <laughs> yeah, I can't make a country, but I can make I can make a company right now. And we're talking a lot about cost and benefit, but also barrier to the workplace. Yeah, because I think we're seeing. Or not, I not think, I know we're seeing those numbers where like 865,000 women left the workplace in September. Yeah. Because homeschooling, elder care, caregiving as in general, their spouse, whatever it is, that's pushing women out. Yeah. You know, that back in the old days where it was like, well, I'm, I can't work because my entire salary would go to childcare. Right. You know, those kind of discussions. Now it's, I can't because I've got to, deal with homeschooling all day with my little guys. And yeah, if this was under control, think of what it could do to our economy yeah. that the caregivers could come back. Yeah. It's like, if this, then that, if that, yeah. it's just, it's a lot of ifs. Then, yeah. but you know, it is, it's, it's, I always refer back to my my brother and sister-in-law and their story with their almost one-year-old baby. But they've the most lost, beautiful baby in the world. Beautiful. But they've lost childcare during this pandemic so many times. Mm. My sister-in-law is a brilliant woman who is very committed to her career. But how do you do this when you just continuously lose childcare? Right. I just think the answer is think about these stimulus and they think about what to fill the whiteboard with, put on the page. We need to be center. Americans need to be center. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and get rid of student loans. That's my, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New anniversary, Year. Raquel. Happy anniversary, Jennifer. You will find links to what we're talking about this week in the episode description. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.